Welcome to Savvy Sab's podcast on Call In. This is episode eight, Bernie Sanders 2024. Bernie Sanders may consider another run for president if Joe Biden does not run. Would you vote for Bernie Sanders as a Democrat or as an independent or not at all? I'm going to take the first caller, and that is Eric. All right, Eric, you are on the mic. Hey, Savvy. Thanks for taking my call. First, I just want to congratulate you on that speech that you did today. I love that you did that, and I encourage you to do more of those because I think your voice, relative to the other speakers, came out much nicer and much stronger. So you definitely can do it. So just want to encourage you to do more of those if possible. Uh, Oh, thanks so much. Yeah. And then as far as, um, you know, I, I may have mentioned that Bernie kind of, I did a lot for Bernie's campaign. I'd never done anything before. You know, I uh, canvassed for him. I donated money multiple times. I made phone calls for him. I just did as much as I could uh, and drove out to go see him, although I couldn't get, I didn't make it to the place. I Actually, I made it, but it was too packed and I couldn't get in to go see him up here in California. But um, we must look at his history, his recent history over the last couple of years. What has he done that would demonstrate that he would actually go against the status quo, against the Democrats? What has he done and what can we quantify that he's actually done that would lead us to put money back into his his campaign to give our sweat equity back into what he's going to do? And he hasn't done anything at all. So I would, number one, I would never vote for him again as a Democrat or any Democrat running for president. Uh, As as an independent, it would be hard for me to want to vote for him unless he did something right now that, you know, would be a paradigm type of shift uh, event that he would do, meaning calling out the Democrats, meaning calling out. Joe Biden doing something that would stand up to the status quo right now that would change the course of politics as we speak. If he doesn't do that, why should we uh, use our heart earned money and our time and everything that we have, our soul, our heart to put back into him? Why should we do that? Uh, And RBN talks about putting 80 percent of our time and money, time equals money, into direct action. Uh, and not into electoral politics, which I agree, uh, because if not, we're going to get more of the same. So, so does that make sense? Yes, it it really does, Eric. And this is one of the things that um, I've been speaking about as well. You guys are listening to someone who canvassed for Bernie Sanders, and I think we need to hear more from the people who canvass for Bernie Sanders and AOC and how they feel about all of this. I mean, that's not something that's easy to do. And I think that, um, hold on one second. I really need to grab my. uh, You sound good. I mean, I, I, I can hear you just fine. Yeah, I'm fine. It's just my phone volume for whatever reason won't go on mute. Okay. Okay. So I wanted to 
plug in that really quick. Uh, give me just like two seconds. Okay. Okay, I'm back. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, Savvy. Okay, cool. Um, I think this is some of the frustration that a lot of us have that for people who are excited about Bernie again, they just don't understand. Like my material conditions in my life have not improved. And I don't understand the point of voting for Bernie Sanders again just for us to get let down again, because like I said, the DNC is not going to let him be the nominee. So what's the point? I feel like this is all just a fundraise and to get people excited about voting Democrat again. And then again, at the end, when he's not the Democratic nominee, what is Bernie Sanders going to do? He's going to tell you to vote for his opponent, the Democrat opponent who beat him, just like he did in 2016. He told us to go vote for Hillary Clinton, just like he did in 2020. He said, go vote for Joe Biden. And I mean, I just can't go down that road again. And That's so for me, point. even if, yeah, for me, even if he, he ran as an independent and honestly, I don't think Bernie Sanders is going to run as independent. I think he knows the Democratic Party is not going to be okay with that. So again, what's the point of Bernie Sanders being an independent if he's just going to always go along with the Democratic Party? Yeah. And you know what else, Savvy? We don't know what he's been talking to as far as the, uh, the strategies that work with the Democratic, with the DNC, with, with Joe Biden. We don't know what Bernie's been doing, if he's been talking to these guys who strategize for the behalf of the Democrats, because they can see the writing on the wall. Uh, there is no energy behind the Democrats. So maybe what you're saying is correct. He could be jumping into this to garner er energy back into the Democrats uh, side because they People know that people essentially have a lot of love and respect for him. However, the, the real energy behind uh, Bernie is behind people like us. Because if you notice, we are also the reason why Nina lost. She had no energy behind what she was saying. And it's uh, people like us, you know, even though it seems like we're small, I think we are a small part of what uh, makes up the left. But I think we are the outspoken ones and, and sort of the energy where the energy's at. And people right now are up on all the game on the Democrats, including Bernie. Uh, you know, hate to say that, but he hasn't done nothing to show us that he would do anything different. Had he done something over the last two years, had he actually been doing something that was meaningful, uh, then, yes, I would love to be behind him. But with everything that's happened... He sat on his hands, didn't really do anything. And I go back to last week or the week before when he had that uh, live stream uh, on his channel. He had very few people on that because people don't want to hear him anymore. They're just like, you know, okay, what, what are you going to do for us? We gave you all our money. We gave you our time. Uh, I felt very let down when he didn't go and really fight for, you know, the way he was treated at the end. And so, yeah, we're let down and we're deflated. We're, we don't want to get behind this anymore. We're past this is, you know, we're past him. Uh, we need to do something else. 
Yeah, I hear you. I feel you on that. I agree. Um, well, Eric, thanks so much. I'm going to go ahead to the next caller. Thank you, Savvy. Keep speaking and keep doing your speeches. Thanks. Thanks so much. Okay, the next caller is Edward. Edward, you are now on the mic. Yes. Um, well, uh, thanks for giving me an opportunity to speak. Um, the short answer, if I had a chance to vote for Bernie Sanders again, I definitely would not because I could never trust him. Uh, let, let me tell you a little bit why I feel I can never trust him. Back in 2000, when he was running for president, I, I'm right now I'm living in Brattleboro, Vermont, but back then I was living in Florida, actually in the Orlando area. And I did uh, vote for Sanders in the Democratic primary at that time. But you know something? I never heard a single ad in Florida uh, from Sanders about how Biden uh, was trying to undermine so Social Security as a senator. He was trying to be part of some grand bargain to cut Social Security in return for, I don't know, Republican concessions to balance the budget, stuff like that. And that can be seen, uh, that can be seen on, um, I'm sure you can find tapes of his advocacy on YouTube and the like. And he didn't do a single ad about it. He, he, he barely mentioned it. And of course, Florida is a state full of retirees. And he should just uh, paper the airwaves about, uh, how Biden was willing to cut social security. Also in South Carolina, why didn't, uh, uh, Bernie paper the airwaves with the fact that uh, that Biden uh, was responsible for many, many black men going to jail because of his support for the crime bill. Uh, why didn't he paper the airwaves with how uh, Biden uh, uh, caused uh, student loan debtors not to be able to declare bankruptcy? And, and in the end, there was a lot he could have done. Um, I think it was in April of uh, 2020 that he finally uh, uh, kiboshed his campaign. There was still a lot he could have done to try to win back support uh, and bring up important issues to challenge Biden in, to, to, the, to the very end, but he failed to do so. It seemed to me he was more about, in the end, he was more about just uh, sheep herding progressives into the Democratic Party, which he did pretty effectively. It wasn't effective enough for me because ultimately I voted for Howie Hawkins in the general election. But, uh, but, but, but basically, from what I see of Sanders, it's either gross incompetence that that has uh, resulted in his defeat in 2020, or he was just on. He was just going to kibosh his campaign all along. He was going to sabotage his campaign all along, and it was just a, more or less a sheep party exercise. And that's the way 
I feel and I don't feel I could ever trust him and I'm not going to waste an ounce of energy on someone I can't trust, especially when it comes to politics. And um, yeah, that's why I'm such a uh, uh, supporter of, um, If I don't know if she will choose to get in the race, but I'm such a, a supporter of Tulsi Gabbard because Tulsi Gabbard is one of the few people out there who I feel that I could actually trust. I don't always agree with her on everything, but I feel like she's not lying to me every time she opens her mouth. And, um, and, uh, basically, um, uh, I don't know. You should do a segment sometime on this, um, uh, thing Kyle Kalinske did. He talked about how uh, well, he showed a clip of this Republican, I think his name was Mo Brooks from Alabama, and he revealed how the lobbyists basically run Washington, that you have to buy your seats on various committees, and you have to get a lobbyist support to do that, and how they basically run Washington, and, and, you're, and you're just a person... Uh, you're just sort of like middle management, ultimately, and, and the whole process is corrupt. And knowing what I know about that, uh, I'm just never voting Democrat or Republican again. I'm only voting third party or independent, just like you advocate for. And I, I think you should uh, do a segment on uh, that uh, Mo Brooks uh, thing that uh, Kyle Klinsky talked about sometime. But uh, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much awesome. my fault. I'm, well, um, I'm glad that he talked about uh, he talked about the corruption uh, with the Republican Party as well. But I think it's important for people to note that the Democratic Party does the same thing. These people are already handpicked. So Robin um, on YouTube just said, "I remember reading that Tim Kaine was chosen as Hillary's 2016 running mate all the way back in 2008." And this is one of the things I've I've been trying to tell people. A lot of these these candidates are already chosen. They're already picking Rokana. They're already picking Pete Buttigieg. Like this is all a plan. And so, I I wish I knew that back in 2020. Like I I wish I really understood like that's what was going on because I think then I wouldn't have been let down the way that I was. I would have understood. Okay, this is great but I know they're not going to let Bernie Sanders become the nominee. And then I wouldn't have gotten my hope up. And I think that's important for people to know is that this is what happens. This is what they do. They, they pick, um, they pick, they pick these, these candidates, they, they choose who they want and that's how it goes. And anyone who runs against them and tries to challenge those candidates, those people, especially if they're not Democrat establishment, they're smeared. But you're right. You're 100% right. Like Bernie Sanders should have called out more things about Joe Biden. That was something I noticed too. Even when he debated Joe Biden one on one, he could have been much harder on Joe Biden. He let Biden off easily. And I said this to people before as well. I wouldn't be surprised if Bernie Sanders had already been contacted before that final debate with him and Joe Biden to go easy on Joe Biden and let Joe have this one. I would not be surprised. If he had already been contacted and was told to do that. But you're right. There's so many things, especially in South Carolina. He definitely could have told people, well, you do realize 
that Joe Biden is the architect of the crime bill. And he's the reason why a lot of you, especially African-Americans, you can't file bankruptcy on your student loans. Like there's so many things he could have said about Joe Biden. And I felt like he went way too easy on him. And that's when I realized I said, Bernie's not really trying to win. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, thank you for everything you you're doing. And, uh, I really enjoy your show and I'll, Try to call back in the near future. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks so much. All right. I'm going to go to the next caller, and that is Anthony. Anthony, you're on the mic. Hey, good to talk with you. Thank you so much. Hey, welcome back. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Geez. Well, what's uh, the topic is would I vote for Bernie Sanders again? Hell no. Not a chance. <laughs> And, uh, the, the funny thing was, uh, Bree, she was doing like a hypothetical, what if he ran independent and played hardball and this and that? And I said, well, I didn't say, but I just, to me, he, if, if he didn't come out as explicitly against the deep state and, uh, you know, CIA, FBI, NSA, these kind of agencies, unless he like started going against them verbally, I would never vote for him. But that's why, you know, I don't know when you have such a, you're probably, there's no candidate that we can support. That's just what I'm saying. There's not going to be. Yeah. I think the energy that he had in 2020, I think that energy is gone. And don't get me wrong. There's still people who are, they're excited. Like some people are excited. They're like, yay, the possibility of Bernie Sanders again. Woo woo. But at the same time, like, I feel like that, that energy that he had for that movement in 2020, I feel like it's not at the same level. And I really do believe that his 2016 campaign was actually stronger than his 2020 campaign. I feel like the 26, uh, 2016 campaign was actually more radical, more revolutionary because he was calling out corruption more. He was calling out the banks like that really meant a lot to a lot of younger people. And then in 2020, I noticed he wasn't calling out the banks anymore. And I'm like, oh, maybe someone spoke to him or whatever. But I am really curious, though, to hear from people who voted for him in 2016, but didn't vote for him in 2020. And there is that population out there. And I think after talking to two friends of mine that were in that that category, they told me that the reason why they didn't vote for him in 2020 is because his campaign message changed in 2020. They didn't like the fact that he wasn't putting most of the focus on the corruption and the class issue. And he started talking more about, well, we got to get Trump out because he's racist and he's sexist. And that says a lot. I mean, I think that's the good thing to hear. And at the same time, it just makes me think like, again, like, was that done on purpose? Like, was he really not trying to win? Like what, I don't know. We don't know what goes on behind closed doors. We're not in these meetings, but at the same time, the DNC is, was never going to let Bernie Sanders win. Well, he's just an old, comfortable man, to be honest. And that's, he's way too old to be running this time. That's for dang sure. And that's probably just why he doesn't want to rock the boat because he's just not, he doesn't have the, I don't know, the something to keep up with it 24 seven. Now the squad, the squad has absolutely no excuse. They are, I mean, you know, Bernie, I mean, I think he's a little bit of a sellout, but the squad, they're too young to be acting uh, 
well, I guess they're so young they're acting like idiots, but you know, Bernie's too old. He he can't do it. <laughs> oh boy. And I, right, I, I, Anthony, I doubt, yeah, I doubt all of their sincerity. But all right, thank you. Thanks so much for calling in. I'm gonna go to the next caller. Uh, the next caller is Cool Blue. You're on the mic. Just got to hit unmute. And I think it dropped you. Let me make you a speaker. All right. I, I invited you to speak. Great. So just go ahead and unmute. Hello. Hello. How are you? Hi. I tried calling last week and I made a mistake as well. So I guess I had some learning to do with this and I apologize for that. Um, uh-huh. to, let, to let you know, I don't take this thing with Bernie Sanders seriously. And I frankly will not vote for the Democratic Party, especially not in their current form in general elections. And I have four key reasons why that is. Number one, they rig their primaries. When they rigged their 2016 primaries, they didn't rig it against Bernie Sanders only. They rigged it against every person who voted for Bernie Sanders. And, you know, right there, that could be enough reason to never vote again for the Democrats. But in recent times, there's even more reasons. It's like every time I turn around, here's another reason. I will not vote for the Democrats, especially in their current form, because they've been doing McCarthyism with all the Russia gating within these recent years, including this year. I will not vote for them because with the pandemic, which is more like an endemic, they're anti-choice. They try to shove mandates on people and they wanted people not to do their own research, not to have their own, be in response to your own body. So I think that's enough to say that they're anti-choice. And I will not vote for the Democrats in general elections because they are now the party for censorship. And I think you know what I mean by that. That's all I want to say. And thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks so much, Cool Blue. I appreciate that. Vote for the Democrats in general elections because they are now the party for censorship. And I think. Yep. All right. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take the next caller. And that is Rena. You are on the mic. Hi, Sabby. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to be nicer to Bernie. Uh, I voted for him twice. Uh, went to a caucus in 2016 because that's what the Democrats in my state were doing. Went to a caucus and voted for him in 2016. Voted for him in the primary in 2020. And uh, certainly would have voted for him in both cases had he made it, uh, had he made it as the Democratic candidate. Um, he has been disappointing. I don't disagree with anybody about that. Uh, I also, I also, th- I also think uh, whoever the earlier caller was who said he's just trying to gin up some excitement in the Democrats for the 2022 midterms, that's probably a very astute analysis. And 
Uh, yeah, he's going to be old, but he's in a thousand times better shape than Joe Biden. I, I don't know if anybody else mm -hmm. saw the video of Joe being frightened by the Easter Bunny, but good Lord. <laughs> um, and I mean, the man looked genuinely terrified. I mean, I feel sorry for him. You know, he's he's being subject to elder abuse, as far as I'm concerned. Um, so, yeah. Probably I would do both of those things again. Here's here's the kicker, though. Um, it, it, he's not going to run as an independent. He's already hitched his wagon to the Democratic star. And I live in a red state, so who I vote for in the Democratic primary or whatever doesn't make any difference. And who I vote for in this state uh, as a Democratic candidate doesn't make any difference. And I haven't voted for I haven't voted for a Democrat since I voted once for Obama in 2008, and I haven't donated a dime to a political candidate since since that year. I learned my lesson. Thanks, Obama. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm I don't do the money thing. No way, no way, Jose. I did buy a T-shirt from Bernie, and I think I donated like ten bucks, and that that's it with me for political donations. So again, I'm maybe a little more charitable toward Bernie. Um, I do think it would really upset the DNC if he did well, and maybe that's the only reason I think I would vote for him. But yeah, probably in 2024, like the last three presidential elections, I'll be voting third party if there's anybody to vote for. And if not, I'll write in somebody, maybe my own name, who knows. Thanks a bunch, Debbie. <laughs> Great show. Awesome, Rena. Thanks so much for calling in. All right. I'm going to take the next caller, and that is Shelly. Hi, Sam. Can you hear me? I can. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you doing? Meh. I mean, you know, it's everything's okay. Um, <clears throat> I'm really, I'm really still trying to figure out why we keep talking about Bernie. Do you have any idea why we keep talking about Bernie? Well, he did like recently, well, I don't know if he really announced this, but it was announced that he's considering running again in 2024. And I, yeah, I noticed I there that. was, yeah, so there was a poll on Twitter and I think some people were confused by this poll because there were so many comments. People were like, what the hell? So uh, Vanguard actually put a poll on Twitter that said, would you support Bernie Sanders in 2024? No. Oh. And I'm, I'm in different DM groups, and some people were confused by that poll. Some people thought mm -hmm. the question was asking, would you vote for him? And some people thought the question was asking, well, yeah, would you support him? They're like, yeah, I would support him, but I wouldn't vote for him. So that made me think, do you people really want to vote for Bernie Sanders again? And some people no. really do. Like, no, some people are I really don't. excited. I, I don't understand why people are still excited about Bernie Sanders. I really don't. Mm -hmm. Now, I am not going to denigrate Bernie Sanders. I wouldn't be where I was unless Bernie Sanders had come along. He, he was a radicalizing force for me, but I've moved past him. And he he doesn't have any relevance anymore. I don't know why we're still talking about 2016, 2020. I don't know why. I really don't know why. 
he he died on the vine because he wasn't like you can sit there and you can talk about a revolution and then you can sit there and do everything necessary to perpetuate the status quo and that's not a revolution so you can have the phrases but he never had the action ever 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 and i never and and that's talking for me like i never would have looked into socialism i never would have done anything like that unless bernie was kind of the conduit to that so i will always have a soft spot for bernie but he wasn't good for the movement mm, that's interesting shelly so let me ask you a question um so recently i was on a live stream and Someone chimed in and said that uh, Brianna Joy Gray said she would do everything that she could to help Bernie win again. How do you Brianna feel about Joy, that? I really, really like Brianna Joy Gray. Um, I feel like I, I try to call into her show. <laughs> um, I never, I can never get on. I have gotten on a couple of times. Um, I think maybe twice. But it it hasn't been necessarily what I wanted to talk about. But she's so obsessed with electoralism and so obsessed with working in the system that it makes it very difficult for me to take her seriously. Oh, because, dear. yes, I mean, even with Kashama Swan, which a lot of her audience was like, really supportive of and being like, oh my God, I can't believe that we're hearing from Kashama Sawant. How great. But Kashama Sawant has this tendency toward trade unionism, which if you've ever read any theoretical texts about actually existing socialism, trade unionism is a death knell. Like it, it kills the working class movement. Like, that's the first step, making people understand that there is a class consciousness that's involved. But then instead of donating to mutual aid, general strike, anything like that, you try to start to develop political organizations. And you start to propagandize or advance the political con- the political consciousness of the working class. And that's not what's happening. We can we can organize as many unions as we want, but unless you take them beyond trade unionism, then it dies because they don't understand you can you can organize them against the bosses, but it doesn't organize them against the systemic structure itself. And so mm-hmm. there has to be education with that. So can interesting, interesting. That's interesting. All right, Shelly. I got a lot of people lined up. So, but thanks yeah. so much for calling yeah. in. I'm going to go to the next caller. Thanks. Thanks so much. All right. I'm going to go to the next caller, and that is Jonathan. You're on the mic. Hey, Sabby. So, hey, Sabby. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's been a, it's been a busy day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) I'm just getting off. Well, 
Monday I'm going back to work because I was on spring break, so I'm sort of sad about that. Um, just want to answer the question, what I vote for, what I vote for Bernie Sanders um, 2024? The answer is hell no, and I'll explain why. Um, I saw him in 2016, and I went to one of his rallies in 2016. So I was, I was a supporter, I was a voter, all that stuff. In 2020, I was a, um, a, um, I gave money, um, well, recurring, recurring donations, um, every month. And then the day before the Iowa caucus, I actually gave him an additional, uh, gave him additional money because I, I believe that much into him. And, um, the person who actually inspired me to do that was Michael Brooks, honestly. Um, and I, after seeing how he was in 2020, basically sheepdogging, sheepherding people back into the Democratic Party and the fact that he wouldn't fight Joe Biden even after he dropped out. He had the upper hand. He could have he did anything he wanted to and said, okay, you do these things, this thing, these. I will support you. He did nothing. He was like, okay, I'll just go ahead and go ahead and let's just support Joe Biden. And whether he runs independent or Democrat, he's going to do the same exact thing. So that's my concern. Also, you brought up when he, um, the fact that he went to support reparations. He actually went on, <laughs> he went on the Breakfast Club, which has a majority black audience, and told Charlemagne the God specifically that I don't support reparations. You would never go on to, for an example, Telemundo or any of the Latinx channels and say, I don't support immigration. That wouldn't happen. But you went on to a majority black station of audience, not a, not owned, but majority listened to by black people go in there and say, I don't support reparations. And you had somebody, Nina Turner pushed you and said, you got to support this. And please tell me that you're joking. You said Brianna Joy Gray would actually go back and work for him again. Please tell me that's a joke. I don't know if she mentioned she would work for him again, but we were doing roundtable yesterday mm -hmm. and someone put in the chat that Brianna Joy Gray said she would do everything she can to help him to help him win. Um, doesn't necessarily mean go work for him, but, you know, probably help like the voter base and things like that. But yeah. How can I say this respectfully? I don't know who's her worse, her or Simone Sanders. They've both been slapped in the face by either Joe Biden or Bernie Sanders, and they want to go back and work for these people. Bernie Sanders specifically said, I remember he said, to, he said, well, Joanna used to work, jo, uh, Brianna used to work for me. She doesn't work for me anymore. And that's it. He was totally disrespectful to her. And she even complained about the campaign of her not being her. So I listen to Brianna every um, week when she brings out a podcast. So. I am just like, I, I don't know who's worse, either her or Simone. Now, I think Simone is worse. I actually saw Simone the first time in 2016, and something about me did not just, something about her, sorry, just for me did not ring in my spirit. But before I go, can I just talk about one more thing that you brought up on RBN? Yeah. Um, Hampton University allowing the Ukraines to come in for free. That. Well, um, as you, as, I told you I'm an HBCU graduate. I'm actually an HBCU legacy. The reason why they do this is for money. And you mentioned this before. When people come from overseas, they come in paying more tuition. They're actually paying full tuition because they don't, they don't get financial aid. We know that the black, um, 
the black wealth, sorry, black wealth in general is very, very low compared to our white counterparts. So a lot of black students, when they go to schools, especially HBCUs, they rely on financial aid. The guy, the president, President Harvey at Hampton University is a corporatist. He worked for Coca-Cola many years. He, and he's always been that type of person who's always tried to, you know, find the, find the connections with the corporations. So for him, this is a money thing. And for HBCUs in general, this is a money thing. They feel like if we can get more and more international students to come over and just, you know, first of all, we get them in for free, but then realize that, okay, we can get more and more in here that will pay full tuition, then that's how we're going to increase our, tu- how we're we going to get more money, generate more revenue. But just like what Hampton, Howard, and most HBCUs, the, they have their own financial problems, especially when it comes to housing. So I just want you to keep that in mind because you did mention that before with, when it comes to immigrants, even African immigrants coming over to the United States and coming to our institutions and paying you know, full tuition and not having to go through the financial aid system. Mm. Well said, well said, Jonathan. I hear you, I hear you. Yeah, that story was hard to, when I first saw that article, that was really, that was rough. That was hard to talk about. And you're right that we don't even hear our HBCU <laughs> alumni even talking about it, whether it's Charles Blow or even um, Kamala Harris. But that's, I'm just going to leave it at that and I'm just wish you a good night and hopefully we'll speak again next week. Awesome. Thanks so much for calling in, Jonathan. Thank you. All right. Will, you are the next caller. Just got to hit unmute. Hey, Sabs. Hey, how are you? How you doing? How you doing? Uh, I got too much to say. I'm going to leave it leave it short because well i do got a lot to say but i'm gonna leave it short because it's too much but so far as bernie i'm gonna say this bernie came in with a message of of basically informing the public so far as in the corruption and everything like that that's what i noticed about his uh 2016 campaign uh it seemed like his message changed and he had a script the second time he ran and it became just straight drilling healthcare. And it was like somebody told him it was almost like what we doing on these platforms, we censoring. So they censored all that corruption and said, no, you can't talk about none of this. This is the only thing you could talk about. You want to, you want to talk about something, talk about this, or they gave him a script because they felt as though, they knew what they was doing. Like they had a behind the scenes plan of all he's going to do is bring these people in and they going to run, it's, they going to run into the, the burning house. Like he was basically bringing people into the burning house. So that's all I can say about Bernie. His, his message was what killed it for me. And a lot of other people that I talked to, it was the, was it? it seemed more power in the beginning. And then he turned into like asking for something when it was demanding something and then it was asking for something and then that's when it got diluted and it changed and i and i think like even with like aoc like when i seen aoc when she first started running i actually kind of seen her being corrupt from from the from almost from the beginning because she had like a uh she was on jimmy door i believe and she was speaking about uh, Palestinians and stuff, and she seemed informed. And then she went on a 
a news show, uh, like a mainstream media news show, and they asked her about these, uh, the, about the uh, Palestinians, and she acted like she had no geopolitical understanding. And I was just like, oh, she's playing stupid right now. She don't want to say something because they, they want her to say something, and she's like, oh, I'm not going to say nothing right now because I don't want to damage my myself. And I'm like, the truth shouldn't be damaging. If you say the truth, the real people going to understand you. The truth is only damaging for these corporations where they, if you say the truth and then they're, they'll start slandering you and throwing, trying through dirt on your name. But so far as the regular people, they understand the truth. Like I could talk to, I talk to Jewish people and I could say stuff about the Palestinians and they somewhat understand. Like, but then some mm-hmm. people that have some type of motivation to keep those people, uh, hurt, they the only ones that don't understand because they like, no, because I don't like I like I went that land like I want to I want to hold that like it's something it's something that's not real something that they that what they fight for is not real it's something that's that's like I don't even understand it sometimes sometimes I just look at it all about money I just be like it's times of this greed it's not about nothing else but greed everything else is uh like I don't know like I can't understand most stuff when it comes to greed because I'm like greed Greed only go but so far with me. It's like protecting my family and stuff like that. Make sure that they can enjoy life. That's that's where it kind of ends. When it comes start to come to materialistic, we all kind of want certain things. But it's just like, what is life at the end of the day? Is like, what is we what is we working for? What is we working towards? I mean, like, we you just want your family to be cool. You want your family to learn and love. I don't understand most of the other stuff. Like I don't know. I'm I'm probably not too greedy. I probably need to be more greedy. But shut up. Being too loud. But yeah, I'm probably need to be more greedy. But that's 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 all I gotta say. Awesome. Well said, Will. Thanks so much for calling in. All right. All right. Uh I wanna give a quick shout out to Steve. Thanks so much for the super chat. I will not eat green eggs and ham. I will not vote for Bernie again. All right, Steve. I'm going to go ahead and take the next caller, and it is Ron Well. You are on the mic. Hello there. <laughs> I honestly would have voted for him in, in 2016 if it big Tulsi when she resigned as a DNC vice chair, endorsed Bernie, and and Bernie picked him as his VP in 2016. And uh, honestly, I would have but the way it is now, I'll say no. And here's why. But Bernie's now like fraud and controlled opposition and, 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 and all that. And I'm actually glad that the mechanic exposed him on Foreign policy, like, for example, um, Bernie a voted for, like, uh, Iraq war under the Clinton presidency. I don't know if you remember that. Um, and, and so, um, I, I, I certainly want to vote for it. And, and uh, about the aging, I, I don't think, I, I mean, I, I'm not talking like, uh, like, yeah, um, I, I would have voted for him in 2016. And because of my liberty beliefs, I would have tough time, um, supporting Gary Johnson, 
um, Jill Stein or Bern and Bernie Sanders. I will have top time, but now, um, no, no, and I would much rather have the, uh, this presidential ticket of Jesse, Jesse Vitcher and Sidney McKinney, which I still support that ticket. Mm. So you'd rather, so, so you'd rather vote, uh, third party or independent? Mm, I mean, um, I'll, I'll say it depends, I, I, I guess, um, when they, uh, well, when it comes to third party, it, it depends on the, on the libertarian party's stuff. But if it's about, uh, like, uh, um, like a rigged primaries, rigged primary stuff for the libertarian party, then, then, no. Say it goes for the Green Party. They had, they had Harry Hawkins on, and they would have Jesse Vitter in 2020. Uh, about it depends. It depends, I guess. <laughs> uh, I want it's of some stuttering boy for for now until like there's name recognition in 2024. Mm. All right, Ron. Well, thanks so much for calling in. I'm gonna go to the next caller. All right. All right. Bye. All right, Cade. You are now the next caller. Hi. Um, so I guess I would, I think I would vote for Bernie in a Democratic primary. Probably I wouldn't do a lot to support him. I wouldn't donate. I wouldn't, wouldn't knock doors unless, you know, unless he ran a totally different campaign than he did in 2020. Um, or maybe unless, um, you know, like if he ran just maybe a purely anti-war campaign, like if, uh, you know, Biden sent ground troops into Ukraine or something and it sort of morphed into a kind of anti-war movement, you know, I could see knocking doors and, not so much, you know, evangelizing for Bernie, but just, you know, trying to get people to oppose the war. Um, but other than that, I guess I don't think Bernie will run a campaign that I would want to support other than by voting um, for him in the like, primary, which, you know, I can still vote in the green primary and and vote greens in the general if I vote for Bernie in the Democratic primary. So it kind of cost me nothing to oppose Biden or to oppose Harris. Um but the only way that I would really get into like wanting to support it would be um, Bree on Brianna Joy Gray on her call and yesterday. I didn't hear her say that thing about um, that she would do everything she could to get or to get Bernie elected. Um, but I might have just missed that. But she sort of posed this hypothetical, you know, what if not that this is actually going to happen, but what if Bernie were to say either I'm running third party or uh, I'm running in the Democratic primary, and then, you know, if either I don't win or the, like, the the person who wins isn't, you know, acceptable to us on, like, the minimum wage, Medicare for all, you know, all the normal things that Bernie says he supports, uh, then I'll then I'll either run third party or, or endorse the third party candidates. Um, and if it were something like that where, you know, that was kind of what we wanted him to do in 2020 and 2016 was when he lost, um, you know, it was rigged against him to go, you know, launch, launch a genuine third party movement in the United States. And I think he still has a platform that's bigger than any other progressive. And he could do that if he wanted to, but I mean, I don't think he's going to do that. I don't think he's going to run a campaign in that way. Um, but it's not that I could never support him. I just don't, don't really see donating or my time or money or anything like that 
if we're not going to get something out of it. That's a good point. I think the reason why I get so bitter about this is because I donated a lot of money to Bernie Sanders. And I just feel like I could have used that money towards mutual aid and actually helped people. And I saw people give like their last $10 to Bernie Sanders because they really believe that he was going to get in there and he was going to fight. And so to see him just cave like that to Joe Biden, that just tells me is like, dude, you're just going along with the Democratic Party once. And if that's the case, then again, like, why are you an independent? Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. And again, like I, I would just the only reason I would really vote for him isn't like necessarily that I trust him or uh, or like his campaign after that. It's just that, you know, it doesn't cost me anything in like terms of ability to support third parties or mutual aid or anything like that. Um, and um, and, you know, I, I, I guess I want the same the same reason I vote third party even if I don't think a third party is gonna like really explode um the set like the same reason I intend to like vote for the green party probably um is is not that I even like the green party or think that the green party is gonna become what we need it to be um it's just I want to like register my opposition to um to Biden and Trump or whoever the Republican nominee is so I guess that's why I'd vote for Bernie. I mean, it's why I still have my Bernie bumper sticker up on my car from like 2016 and I leave it there. Cause you know, mm. it, it tells, it tells the people that, you know, it's, it's just a symbol to me that I oppose corporate power and I oppose, oppose all the people who hated Bernie. Um, not, not so much a, a positive endorsement of Bernie, I guess. Mm. Well, Kate, thanks so much for calling yep. in. I'm going to go to the next caller. Yeah. Thanks. Love your show. Bye. Thank you. All right. Pedro, uh, you're next uh, on the mic. Uh, good, ev- uh, good evening, Sabi. Uh, so the question is, would you vote for Bernie? Uh, so I'm not an American citizen, so I cannot vote for Bernie. But I have two general questions for you. So first question is what what is would be your advice for for any American citizen that that can vote for Bernie and uh, another question is what what do you think about so I'm a permanent resident uh, resident uh, so we cannot vote for in the any election not even local right. elections so I, I would just interested to hear what do you think about that? Should uh, should we vote? Thanks. Good night. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it depends. Like, what are you voting for? Are you voting for Bernie Sanders because you expect some type of change? Or are you voting for Bernie Sanders because, you know, out of good faith, like just, I guess, like exercising your voting right? Because if you're if you're voting for him just to exercise your voting right, that's one thing. But if you're voting for him because you expect some type of change, like the policies, Medicare for all, canceling student loan debt, then I would say no, because those things, if those things could happen, right? Well, they can happen right now, right? But it's not being done. And obviously Bernie's not president, Joe Biden's president, and he can do those things by executive order. But when I see Bernie Sanders and members of the squad go on to other people's shows and say that Joe Biden's doing a good job and making excuses for the for Joe Biden, like that interview that Bernie Sanders did with Crystal Ball, Bernie Sanders was defending Joe Biden. And 
there was no defense of Joe Biden needed with those issues. Joe Biden was not trying to cancel student loan debt. He still isn't really. Joe Biden is not trying to give everybody health care. He already said if Medicare for all came across his desk, he would veto it. But Bernie Sanders was there going to bat for Joe Biden. AOC did the same thing. So have other members of the squad. So I think if you are voting for someone because you think you are going to get some type of policy change that is going to significantly change your life, I would tell you not to do it. Because the reality is there's a study from Princeton, and I showed this on my show recently. The study shows that for people who are poor, working class and middle class, when it comes to policy change, our vote doesn't impact policy change. Like not for us. Policy change is impacted by people who are wealthy. And this is where the money comes in. And this is why I tell people we need to go back to the money. For example, it used to be a couple years ago, there was this focus on getting money out of politics. Now, I think if people do want to vote for progressives going to the Democratic Party, I think the first thing you need to do is you need to get the money out of politics. Then you don't have to worry about dealing with the corruption and the DNC handpicking people and sabotaging people and smearing people. Then you don't have to worry about that. But as long as you have the corporate money in and this party is controlled by Wall Street, it is going to be very difficult for them to get in, number one. And even if they are in, they have to go along with what the Democratic Party wants. People who have who have tried not to go along with the Democratic Party, they've been pushed out. Cynthia McKinney, Dennis Kucinich, Ralph Nader, they're not going to keep those people there. So again, if somebody came to me with a plan and said, hey, Sabby, we have this plan on how to get the money out. And it looked like this is something that can actually be done. Then I would say, okay, let's focus on getting that money out. And then once you get that money out, then let's talk about running these progressive candidates through the Democratic Party. But until you get the money out, I think it is a waste of time if you think you're going to get some type of policy change. And that was the thing for me and a lot of people that voted for Bernie Sanders. We voted for him because we thought we were going to get a policy change. We wanted to get health care for everybody. We wanted them to cancel student loan debt. We wanted to get like paid family leave. We wanted to increase the minimum wage. Like that's why we voted for Bernie Sanders. But once you understand how the money works, then you realize if it's not him, it'll be someone else that's a rotating villain that's going to prevent those policies from getting passed. That's why it's always something new. If it's not Joe Manchin, it's Kirsten Cinema. If it's not Kirsten Cinema, it's the Senate parliamentarian, it's Congress, it's uh, Kamala Harris, anyone that they can point to to say this is why we couldn't get this done. And that's done on purpose. I agree with you totally. Uh, I, w- I was actually a very big uh, Bernie Sanders supporter. I campaigned for him in 16 and 20. And before him, I was uh, supported our dean in 2004. So, but uh, I totally agree. Yes. Um, awesome. Thanks so much for calling in, Pedro. I'm going to get to the next caller. Thank you. You're welcome. Good night. All right. Okay, Mitchell, you are the next caller. 
just have to unmute. There we go. Uh, I'm really mixed feelings on it. I really wouldn't uh, do anything unless he was not in the Democratic Party. I'd do anything in the Democratic Party as just raising money for Pete Buttigieg and Stacey Abrams, who is, I think, who's up next. And then, uh, but on the other side, they are going to throw in a, a uh, bait and switch of reparations. And it's, it's happened multiple times before, and it never comes to be. It gets sidelined to the other part. You have to really start thinking about, about how to do reparations in such a way that it can't be revoked. So in the reparations, it has to have collateral. So when you, when you think of like money, you just make all, all, uh, college for public universities free. That way, everybody else, not just the black people, everybody else has to have their congressman or whoever go up against them and say, why'd you take this away? It has to be the medical Medicare for all, because it has to be everybody fighting together because they won't want to take anything away. Otherwise, four years later, four years later, it can all go away. And the next thing, there's going to be clauses. You might have to give up your citizenship and leave the country to get it. And you have to be thinking about what is going to be put on it. You might just say, hey, reparations, and then um, just slide through. And then whoever's in, even if they're black, is going to sell out and just give the worst possible deal. And they're going to give uh, Hillary Clinton's daughter a billion dollar a year to fund some type of special uh uh, thing that nothing actually goes to any kind of people. Sorry. <laughs> mm, so I, I wasn't going to get into the reparations discussion, but since you brought it up, I think reparations should be paid by corporations because they actually benefited from slavery. And I think that when we talk about reparations, I don't think reparations should just be a check. I think you need to make systemic changes. Otherwise we'll be right back where we started. So that means fixing, fixing the public school system and making sure that all these public schools are equal and they have the same amount of resources, regardless of your zip code. That means fixing these hospitals, depending regardless of what community you live in, you should still have a hospital. There are some rural communities in this country where the hospitals have closed. So if you have to go to the emergency room, you have to you may have to drive, what, 40 minutes an hour out just to get to the E.R.? Those things uh, need maybe, to be fixed. But I also have to drive like three hours to get for some, some special medical because I'm out in Iowa. Three right. Hours. So this, yeah, this is a problem. But I'm I'm not going to go too deep into reparations tonight. I've done other you know streams about that. But mm -hmm. reparations is a debt that is owed to descendants of slaves in this country. Uh, slaves were not given forty acres and a mule, and had they been given that. We would have the racial wealth gap that we have in this country would, would be nowhere near as large as it is right now. So that is a big part of the problem. Right. So a lot of times black families did not have property and wealth to pass down to their children. There's also reparations that needs to be done for Jim Crow as well, because you have a lot of those systemic racial issues that we have in this country is because also because of Jim Crow, not just because of slavery. 
And and that's coming from me, someone who lived in the South and I've lived in the North and I've lived overseas. And I can tell you the systemic issues are still very much present in this country. Uh, But I wasn't, I don't want to get too, yeah, I don't want to get 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 into into reparations so much as it being used as a criteria to vote for somebody because they're going to say, yes, it is. And then just like Biden, when he came in, moved everything to a bill that could be slashed and everything to the bill that enriched his his uh, donors or whatever. Uh, and the same thing is going to happen with with reparations. It's going to be slipped. Only the part that, that makes the very wealthy uh, get paid and everybody else is going to get screwed. It has to be done very carefully, very carefully, and and look at the every way that Nancy Pelosi or whoever can throw something on it to just benefit themselves and no one else. I mean, I, I hear you. Well, the Democratic Party is is not gonna. They're not gonna give people reparations. I just want to go ahead and let everybody no. know that. I don't think that's no. that's not going to come from Democratic Party. It's not going to come from the Republican Party. Uh, I think that movement needs to be led by someone who is not a politician. And I'm sorry, but it's true. People are going to use it, like you were saying, like for their campaigns to get elected. So and I, I think do think it that's will be Stacey Abrams. Vice President Stacey, Stacey Abrams, Abrams will, will use it for reparations, reparations. We're going to get it and nothing's going to happen. Uh, well, I have opinions about Stacey Abrams, but I don't. I don't <laughs> want to get into that tonight. Um, hey, but thanks so thanks. much, Mitchell. I'm going to go to the next caller. Oops. All right, uh, next caller is Greg Bruce. You're on the mic. You're on the mic. Hey, so Bernie Sanders. Um, if he runs as a Democrat, um, absolutely not. I'm absolutely done. Uh, with that party. If he runs as an independent, I mean, it's possible that I would vote for him, but that's still not a guarantee because at the end of the day, if he's an independent senator who behaves exactly like a Democratic senator, if he somehow became an independent president, which is like impossible, but let's just say it did happen, who's to say he wouldn't be an independent president who just acted like a Democratic president? You know, he's you know he's technically independent, but a de facto Democrat right now. So you know, what's so what's the difference on a presidential ticket? So that wouldn't be enough. He would have to like in order for me to vote for him, he would have to I don't know acknowledge that he sold out or something. I don't know how, but like apologize uh, for kind of abandoning his movement and um, just you know, going along with Biden's neoliberal, uh, neoliberalism and so forth. Um, so he would have to acknowledge that and he would have to move significantly to the left um, on foreign policy. I mean, not be an imperialist and he would need to um, actually acknowledge, like, you know, uh, support Assange uh, or, free, you know, free Assange. Like he would have to move on a lot of things and, uh, it's just like he would have to really do a lot to earn my vote. So pretty much it's, it's not going to happen. You know I mean? I'm not going to, I don't think I don't see myself voting for him because it's, it's, uh, he's not the person to, to, he's not the leader of the left. He's not the person to take us further. So that's my piece. Mm. 
Thanks so much Thanks. for calling in, Greg. Um, I'm going to go to the next uh, caller here, which is Carolina. Carolina, you are on the mic. I don't know why I wanted to sing your name, Carolina. Or is it uh, Carolina? It, it's actually it's Carolina Boy is my, uh, <laughs> my full name. Uh, oh, I can only see the first part. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no problem. It's all good. Can you hear me all right? I can. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I just wanted to say, um, I don't think Bernie's going to end up running. I find this highly unlikely. But if he did, yes, I would vote for him. Um, and, I, like, I just have to say, like, I, I, even though I've, I've been pretty disappointed with how he's been since, like, he ended the campaign and even, like, how he did the 2020 campaign and stuff, I still got to give him a lot of credit, at least like for me and like I think a lot of people like in our space, like our political awakening really came with uh, what he was able to open our eyes to. You know, I, I remember like I started looking, you know, looking at politics in 08 and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm out here in like in the rural south. And uh, uh, I remember Obama was talking a lot about outsourcing and stuff and the town where I'm at, you know, a couple of the manufacturing plants got shut down and the jobs got uh, outsourced. And, you know, it just completely ruined this place. We got a heroin problem and like a lot of poverty and crime and stuff. But um, but he didn't do much about it. And it was always Bernie who was like talking about the trade deals, talking about needing to like strengthen the, the working class and, um, and and all of that. And so he, he really brought me and I brought a lot of people, I think, to coming around to um, into like realizing these issues and putting it like, you know, at the forefront and helping us build this movement. So like. I, I know that if he was president, he would be better than a lot of what we got. All right. He definitely probably wouldn't. He would probably disappoint us in a lot of ways, too. But um, I would vote for him if, if he ended up running. I just I just don't you know personally see that happening. And the unfortunate thing about it is I, I don't see any good like su successor like following him to take over, um, you know, whenever he is going to to lead our movement forward. So that's, that, that's, that's the, that's the sad part. I really think 2016 was his year. And the fact we couldn't get him in office, that's, um, you know, it, 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 it looks, uh, I'm just, I, personally, I think the future looks bleak without him. So that's my two cents. All right, Carolina boy. Thanks so much for calling in. Yep. Thank you. All right. All right, guys, I have a hard stop at 11 o'clock. I'm going to go ahead and take the next caller, which is Eliz. Not sure if it's Elizabeth, but all I can see is Eliz. Hey. So, oh, hello. <laughs> Hi. It's Elizabeth, and um, I'm so um, just psyched to be talking to you. I was out in my garden weeding and then realized this was live. And um, I grew up in Norwell. And I've mentioned that in the chat quite a few times. Um, I did hear your speech on the commons today and you've got an important voice. I really appreciate your focus on um, economics and class policies. And I think Massachusetts is lucky to have you. And I hope that you'll be getting out and doing a lot more of that. Um, I have great memories in the seventies and eighties of going to Earth Day events on the Commons, and then oh. I, I, um, I really agree with some of the prior callers. I think it was Eric talking about how 
you know, asking questions about, well, what has Bernie been doing since the last um, presidential election? You know, all of a sudden now with the midterms coming up, a few people are, you know, kind of waving their fingers in the air and talking about Medicare. But absolutely nothing has been said done about it. And then Roger Meadows always has a lot of good wisdom. And he was talking about the focus on state and local initiatives, being involved locally. And it kind of reminds me of the movie, um, It's a Wonderful Life, you know, and, and he's talking about lassoing the moon for the gal that he loved. And I think for myself, at least, I'll say it kind of felt like Bernie you know, promised to lasso the moon for us and he didn't. And then he just walked away and disappeared. And so it's kind of like a dream to want to get reinvigorated with that image, but that has nothing to do with the boots on the ground, you know, policy-based action, mutual aid, et cetera. Right. No, that's a good point. Um, Elizabeth, I, I definitely hear you. It's just, it's, it's, you know, it's really unfortunate that he just walked away from the movie, the movement like that. And then also, where did all that money go? Like, I feel huh. like, you know, some of that money went to the DNC. So it was just like, you know, when I donated to Bernie Sanders, I didn't intend for my money to go to the DNC. I intended my money to go to Bernie Sanders campaign and to mm -hmm. see some of these candidates like AOC did the same thing. Like she gave some of her grassroots money to establishment Democrats. I'm like, no, like that's not why we donated to you. Exactly. And you've been doing a great job of following the money and um, digging really deep and talking about PACs lately. And I think that is just so, so important. So you have been pulling a late night and I will let you go and sure appreciate you. Thanks for all you do. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right, I'm going to take the next caller, and that's David. David, you're on the mic. Just Hello, can you hear me? Hello. Hey, what's up, Savvy? Uh, thanks for having me on. Um, so thanks so much for coming with, on. Oh, yep, yeah, thank you. So with uh, Bernie Sanders and all, so uh, he came in 2016, uh, legalized weed, feel me, and uh, that got everyone on the bandwagon. Because, you know what I mean? It helps people, all that good stuff. So after that, his next election was all about Medicare for all. Now, within those two times he ran, I don't ever remember him falling through with anything solid for legalizing weed or for Medicare for all. Especially when Jimmy Dore was pushing the... Uh, the uh the force to vote you know what i mean right. he wasn't there nowhere to be found and before that anything prior to legalizing weed nothing so i mean my opinion is he's not he's not for the people he's not for what he was pushing and i don't think people should donate vote i think we need to get rid vote for other people Get rid of all the other people that, that's been in the establishment for how long they've been in and go with something new, different. You know what I mean? Like, because if not, we're going to get stuck with the same results. Them just playing us. And that's not cool. Mm. 
Well said. Thank you so much for calling in, David. I'm going to go to the next caller. Thank you. Have a good night. You too. All right, TJ, you're the next caller. And guys, um, Lance is going to be the last caller I'll be able to take because savvy looking at the time here. All right, TJ, you just have to unmute. Well, hey, thanks for having me on. I've got two points. I, I, the first one is I find it kind of funny and ironic that in general, the elderly are considered unemployable and unfit, right, for the marketplace, but are somehow the prime choice when it comes to leading our country. That's my first point. <laughs> my second point is it pertains to Bernie Sanders. I mean, I think his, his supporters are, should be rightfully upset. I kind of view Bernie as really like controlled opposition in some ways. You know, he's got a lot of great vision and a lot of great goals, but I don't think it's really going to hit the ground. I mean, there's there's a certain element of, of the marketplace and fairness that I think needs to be ironed out before people are kind of ready for that. So I don't really see it going anywhere. Um, would love to see it. I'd love to see, you know, the, obviously that the high wealth and, and the high end earners pay their fair share and things like that. But um, I'm somewhat of, of a cynic about it. And in a lot of ways, I think maybe a better candidate would be somebody who could kind of bridge the gap a little bit better and, and someone that doesn't really have that sort of track record. Um, you know, as they say, fool me once, shame on me sort of thing. So anyway, great show. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. Thanks so much for calling in, TJ. All right. The next caller is Johnny. And again, I want to remind everyone, uh, Lance will be the uh, last caller and he will be next. What's going on, Johnny? Hi. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. So I was really excited. One of those people was really, really excited working for the Bernie, Cap, uh, Bernie Sanders campaign. And uh, I can't tell you how even more excited I got when I found out that as an economic advisor, he had hired Dr. Stephanie Kelton, who is a uh, advocate of uh, the new economic perspective, modern monetary theory. But and and then what was really bad is how so disappointed I was when he fell into that trap about how are you going to pay for it, and somehow started to to follow along with the Democrats and saying that yeah this is how I'm going to find the money, right? And all along, Dr. Stephanie Kelton is is advising. Uh, Bernie Sanders, that's not the way it works. And he knows this, right? A lot of people know this, but yet, uh, you know, he, he, he stuck to it. And I think partly because, and this is, this is why I think, you know, I'm one of those that wouldn't even vote. I wouldn't vote for Bernie again, you know, because, um, at one point you have to tell the truth to the people, right? As noble as Bernie was, if he would have told the truth about federal finance, macroeconomics, then I think it would have been a game changer. It would have been, you know, it would have been the, 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 the platform that he had. The whole nation would have understood, darn it, man. You mean that's not how macro, you mean the federal government is not like a household? And that just changes your whole perspective, right? So if he were to run in 2024, it would be to me like, a nail in the coffin to the progressive movement. And the reason why is because I don't think he would change his tune. I think he would still play this, how are you going to pay for a thing? You know, and when you do that, that's a slap in the face. And the sad thing, the real sad thing is that most people in America don't understand the basics of modern money. And for that reason, for that reason, not because of apathy, apathy, meaning that I don't care, but because they feel like they are powerless to do anything, you know. So a lot of people don't vote to the point that I myself, and I'll close with this, I myself 
am a revolutionary. I have given up in the electoral process, and I'm thinking about looking for strategies on how to conduct, how to go forth with the revolution. Thank you so much for taking my call. Awesome. Thanks so much for calling in, Johnny. And Lance, you are our final caller. You're now on the mic. Thank you so much. I don't know if it was yours or Breed's thing. Uh, I was like the next to last one. And they said, okay, we're calling it up with Eric. I was the one after them. I'm the guy in line who, you know, sorry, we sold all the tickets. Oh, wait, but I'm next. Yeah, well, too bad. Anyway, but Bernie, his evolution, remember Chris Hedges' take, and, you know, it's interesting because even recently, even earlier today, talking about you've evolved in your take, which is Chris Hedges said in 2015, no, Bernie, never going to let you get there. 2015, he said, run. You've been running as a, you've been a, a an independent democratic socialist that caucused with the Democrats, run as an independent, run as that. And he didn't. And he didn't in 2020, and the game's over. But I have a take on this whole thing about 2024 Bernie, if I may. Now, there's a guy who's very beloved, Democrat, much more cogent than Biden, totally trusted, has a resume a mile long as far as being president. And although I'm, you know, left to Bernie and almost right there with say, a Marxist like uh, uh, Professor Wolf. How about, I think we should draft, we should draft a petition to, a petition to draft Jimmy Carter. I think Jimmy Carter should be the candidate. Isn't Jimmy Carter like 100 years old? No. He's in, now listen, now listen, now Sabs, hear me out now. Uh, I, I just, wait, wait. Now I just became an official senior, right? Like a few short weeks ago, right? And I'm an anti-ageist. I always, I actually, on your thing, I was joking about somebody who was talking about boomers or whatever, or Sagar and Jetty wants us all to die. Whatever. <laughs> we will soon enough. Anyway, I'm an anti-ageist, right? I've had an affinity for old people since I couldn't walk across the street and it was all old people on my block, including my own grandparents and people I call grandma and aunt something. And so, but so I'm anti-ageist and uh, yeah, so I mean, so we're in that, if we're going to go in that vein, why not? He's only 97 and he's got more vim, vigor, vigor than, than, uh, than uh, certainly than Biden. So I think we should draft Jimmy Carter for our, and he's 97 right now. What? I, I have never heard that one before. I'll tell you, that is really going to make me laugh tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I figured, you know, what am I going to say at the end of a bunch of really intelligent callers? And what are you going to say? Right? Just going to add to the conversation. But <laughs> I thought I'd throw that at you there. You know, I'll, I'll call the onion, see if they'll buy it from me. Right? So, you know, Carter says he's running. <laughs> but in all seriousness, you look at FDR versus Bernie. Okay. Bernie's been out like a socialist for like 40 years. FDR was a centrist Democrat. FDR was much more movement oriented, whether he had been, you know what I mean? It's like. Uh-oh. I think we lost Lance. Oh, maybe the call-in app didn't like uh the Jimmy Carter reference. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, sorry, Lance. I don't know what happened. Oh, man. That sucks. 
Uh, you want me to go ahead and take those? Thanks so much, Eric. Uh, thanks for the tip on Rockfin, Roger Meadows. Here's an idea. Instead of getting reporters to go all over the city, have them get an Uber and Lyft driver account, put a camera in the car, and now they can talk to people all over New York City of different wealth and income. We must be willing to lose in order to win. Let federal go for the rest of the decade. Focus on home states, local and ballot initiatives. And a thank you for this tip as well. You want to get the money out, do it via ballot initiative and apply it to local, state and federal elections. Have it say donors with financial big money ties outside of the state are banned from donating in elections. Good advice, Roger Meadows. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. All right, guys. Thanks to everyone that called in. It is my time. I I do have to head out, you know. This was a really interesting discussion. So thanks to everyone who called in on calling. Who knows what will happen 2024, right? We don't know. But um, we can at least talk about it. (laughs) All right, guys. I'm going to go ahead and end this segment on call in. Thank you so much for joining. Have a good night.